What's good, everyone? Bucks Film Room coming at you for your daily mini podcast about the Milwaukee Bucks. You can find us online at www.bucksfilmroom.com and on Twitter at Bucks Film Room. This mini podcast can also be found on the website as well as SoundCloud, and it's now on iTunes, so make sure to follow along, subscribe, rate us, do whatever you got to do. So today, we'll talk about the obvious. We'll talk about the Bucks trailblazers game from Tuesday night. The Bucks lost their second game of the season against a pretty good Portland team, um, and we knew Portland would give them trouble. The final score was 118-103. to So the Bucks fall to 8-2 while the Trailblazers jump up to 8-3. And I, you know, beforehand we talked a lot about this is a type of team with C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard who can give the Bucks trouble, and that's exactly what happened. Portland as a team, they really lit it up. They shot 52.7 percent from the field, and that included 17 of 43 from downtown. And that's crazy considering Portland only came in averaging 11.6 makes on 32.3s, 32.3 threes per game. So Portland, you know, it was clear that they were targeting those shots from behind the arc. And I think, you know, that's going to be the game plan for most teams is how can we attack this Bucks team? Well, by spreading them out, by running a lot of pick and roll. The Bucks struggled tonight to guard that pick and roll. And it was mostly because of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Lillard was 3 of 7 from downtown, and McCollum was 5 of 10 on those threes. And a lot of them came on the pull-up variety following a ball screen where their defender was trying to go over the screen, maybe got caught up. He couldn't jump. He couldn't get over fast enough, and the Bucks' big man sank insanely far into the lane, especially with Brooke Lopez. A lot of times, those guys would be at the elbow, and he would still be in the middle of the lane, and it'd just be an easy shot for guys, for guys with those type of talent. So it was really clear that Portland was was looking for those types of shots tonight, and we knew going in that that was going to be an issue, but I didn't think it'd be this big of an issue. Overall, you know, the Bucks weren't able to get out and run because Portland, like I said, they shot 52% from the field, and so when all those balls are going in, the Bucks are constantly having to take the ball up from underneath the basket, and then they can't get out and run in transition. They, they couldn't get those easy looks that they're accustomed to doing that, you know, with Giannis running the floor. So overall, though, the Bucks were 16 of 42 from downtown, so that's not awful. Like that's probably right, a little bit below where they want to be. But you know, it wasn't bad, and a lot of those shots came from their half court offense. But the clear, the clear issue on Tuesday night was the Bucks defense, and the book is already out there on the Bucks, and with their really, really soft drop coverage that they run, especially with Brooke Lopez, teams know how to target them and know how to attack them. And Budenholzer has done a lot of great things with this Bucks team. I mean, 8-2, and two, like who would have thought of that? Like he's really offensively and defensively, defensively has brought out the best in this team, and he's done a great job. So I really, really commend him on that. I, I just think that, you know, this defense is now – it's, we're only 10 games in, but I think that the adjustments, it's obvious that they need to happen. And so that's something that I would like to see here moving forward. You can't just play one vanilla defense against all teams and expect, you know, that teams aren't going to game plan against it. I mean, these are the types of teams who are going to beat the Bucks, and these are the types of teams who the Bucks are going to see in the playoffs. They have the Golden State Warriors here coming up on Thursday. And Golden State, they're going to do the same thing, just even even better. And so we'll see how or if the Bucks have will adjust. Budenholzer 
so far this year, he hasn't shown that he's going to adjust. So that will be really interesting to see um, because now there's two ways out there to beat the Bucks, and it all comes from the pick and roll. Either you run that ball screen and the ball handler like Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, they, they step up and they hit the three on that off that ball screen or they kind of weave their way into the lane. Or you have a big who can pop to the – who can pop to the arc and you run the ball screen, the the ball handler kind of dribbles in the middle of the lane. He snake dribbles, you know, and then kicks it back out to an Al Horford and he knocks down a three um, or a Marcus Morris and he knocks down the three. So there's now two ways out there and we'll see, you know, Budenholzer, he obviously knows this. He's a really, really good coach. He knows this. He sees this in a lot more depth than I ever could. So I would like to see him adjust. You can't just roll out the same game plan and expect these professionals not to adjust. It's like you got to at some point, you know, scheme to your competition and not scheme to your guys. And it's early, so, you know, he's probably doing a lot of things. He probably has a long-term plan that's way above any of my thinking. But they've adjusted. They adjusted a little bit in the fourth quarter, um, but it's just always way too late. And we'll see what he's trying to do. Like if he's trying... There's a couple of possibilities that people have talked about. Like he could just be trying to hammer out this defense and make his team understand these principles first before moving on. Some people have said, "Oh, maybe he's just waiting till the playoffs to, you know, unwirl all these exotic schemes and this great defense." But I call bull on that. You don't just release a new defense in the middle of the playoffs against the best team when the stakes are the highest. It's something that you practice all year long. So then even though the other team has an opportunity to adjust to it, then your guys, though, have an opportunity to adjust to the adjustments and to work out the kinks. Because if you're going to switch, there's a high level of communication that comes with that, and you can't just all of a sudden start switching just like that. And So it'll be interesting to see, especially Thursday night against Golden State. Golden State, obviously, you know, they're going to do this and more to the Bucks, um if they sink, but... You know, personnel also dictates some of that for Budenholzer. Brooke Lopez, you know, they they play that drop coverage off the pick and roll because Lopez it has very slow feet. He, he's got cinder block feet, and so he can't slide and stay in front of some of these guards. Um, if they bring him up closer, they're putting him at huge risk to get blown by and get an easy layup. So we'll see how he adjusts. It's, it's not as easy as me complaining here on my couch um, about the defense, but Budenholzer does have, have, have a couple different options. He ran a very aggressive scheme in Atlanta off the pick and roll, a lot of trapping. I'm not advocating for that, but I'm saying, you know, that he, he has it under control. I trust him, but I just like to see them do a little something different. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is poor Dante DiVincenzo. Poor... Poor Dante. Poor, poor, poor Dante. That's how many times he got cooked tonight by C.J. McCollum. Three separate times McCollum shook DiVincenzo out of his out of his shoes, out of his boots. Oh, man. Oh, uh, the worst one came toward the end of the third quarter, and I'm sure that by this time you've seen highlights. It was shot clock, game clock was running down. DiVincenzo was matched up one-on-one with C.J. McCollum at the top of the key. McCollum did a little shake and bake. He drove to the right to the middle of the lane, all of a sudden stopped and pulled back. Dante tried to stop with him, but his feet slipped. He fell. 
CJ then went right past him, little floater in the lane for two points. <laughs> As DiVincenzo had slipped, he tried to get up and kind of went on his forearm, and the crowd was going crazy. McCollum's teammates were going crazy, and poor Dante. Poor, poor Dante. Poor, poor, poor Dante. And somebody on Twitter was trying to call me out for not liking Dante. I like him. I mean, it has nothing to do with Dante, the player. I don't even know him as a guy, but it has nothing to do with that. It just he's a below average perimeter defender. He gets shook more times than anybody that I've seen in the first ten games. And I give him a you know an A plus for effort. He goes out there. He knows that he's got these slow ankles that he can't stop on a dime with these ball handlers, but he still gives it his all. He's trying out there, but tonight he got cooked three separate times. Another time he got completely spun around. Um, I think it was McCollum again, was on the left wing, crossed him over, went to the baseline. DiVincenzo did this whole, turned his back to him because he didn't know where he went and as he was spinning around and then tried to recover. I forget if the shot went in or not, but yeah, we've seen that a few times with DiVincenzo and it's just crazy. We'll, we'll see. I give him A plus for effort, but tonight he's going to be on highlight, highlight reels all season long. All right, well, that's all I got, so thank you guys for tuning in. You can find this podcast, like I said, on SoundCloud and on iTunes, as well as the website at www.bucksfilmroom.com, and you can also find us on Twitter, at Bucks Film Room. See you next time. Peace.